Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Coming to a country near you soon. Paris is going to start charging SUV drivers higher parking fees to tackle auto obesity. I didn't know that existed, but now I do, and so do you. Size, weight, and motor will be taken into account as counselors target dangerous, cumbersome vehicles. Yes, auto obesity. <laughs> The Paris City Hall is going to impose higher parking fees on owners of SUVs in its battle to reduce pollution in the capital. Details of the charges have not been announced. Huh. They don't have any details yet. Amazing. But we do know that size and weight of the vehicle and its motor will be taken into consideration. But other than that, we don't know what we're going to charge you. We just know that we can't have your auto obesity around here anymore without charging you more. Sure, you could be obese and be wandering the city, which I'm sure, you know, there's less obese people in Paris than there are in, let's say, New York. I don't know that for sure. I'm just guessing. But we will not have this auto obesity, okay? We know that uh, SUVs in the city has increased by 60% over the last four years. I thought we were all in on this Paris Climate Accord. I guess not. I guess we all aren't in on it, are we? (laughs) No, no, we are not. Uh, 15% of the 1.15 million private vehicles parked in Paris every evening. 60% are SUVs. The deputy mayor has said that SUVs are incongruous in an urban environment. There are no dirt paths, no mountain roads. SUVs are absolutely useless in Paris. Yeah, that's why um, there's so many of them. Because they're absolutely useless. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're family vehicles. They're used for going away at weekends or on a holiday. We're pandering to a tiny minority of the very urban population who have decided to make the SUV the symbol of the battle against pollution. So be ready. Uh, that is definitely coming to a city near you soon. Welcome. Because you don't want anything to do with Autobesity. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. According to reports, uh, the Labor Department's Consumer Price Index was 3% higher last month than it was a year prior, uh, which was a massive decline from last June's 9.1%. And they have data that indicates inflation is persistent and above the Fed's 2% target. Uh, It is at the lowest level in more than two years as uh, tightening from the Federal Reserve continues. Uh, Not all prices are down, though. Uh, According to the Wall Street Journal, 
to uh, bread, Diet Coke, and frozen peas are all on the increase. Uh, white bread is 11.5% higher than it was over the past year. Carbonated drinks up 9.1%. And frozen vegetables have jumped 17.6%. And if you've tried to purchase those products, um, you know that that is the case. Now, I know they'll say, well, you can get a TV that's cheaper and gas is cheaper and airfares have dropped. But it's still high, though. Uh, still high. I know they've dropped, but they've dropped from their highest point. It just drives me insane. Then we have a story talking about how Americans are cutting back on personal hygiene products. Uh, I would say, I would like to go on record as saying, please don't do that. <laughs> uh, no, keep your deodorant, okay? Now, they say in this story that, uh, say, Target is down like 7, uh, over 7% uh, from April to June compared to the same period last year, whereas Target and Dollar General rose. Dollar General is up about the same amount. Target is down 6%, which means that people are going to the cheaper stores. Now, Walmart is up like, I don't know, 3.4% or something like that. So people are still shopping at Walmart. But the prices are uh, at Walmart aren't as cheap as one would think, although they, although they try to do a, a pretty good job of that. But personal hygiene products, you know, uh, toothpaste, laundry detergent, toilet paper, they're all down uh, in the last year. Eh, that's not good. Uh, maybe maybe you buy the personal hygiene product at Dollar General. Okay, fine. Uh, I'm good with that. <laughs> Just don't give up on the deodorant, please. Uh, no, on behalf of me and my nose and my family. Now, there's one thing I do not like, and that is body odor. I can even take the overspraying of cologne and perfume, although kind of agonizing. But I will say that I would rather have that than body odor. And I don't mean the smell of deodorant or cologne or aftershave lotion or perfume on top of body odor. Oh no, no thank you. I do not like that. <laughs> uh, no, that smell is not good. And I know some people, I, I got it. If you can't, you can't. I understand that. But please try. It's just please try to have some kind of deodorant and be clean that's all just be clean uh, you can quote me on that just be clean i don't care if you shave i know shaving cream is expensive and you know bars of soap or hand you know soft soap uh, whatever I, it's fine if you can't do that and you, you maybe you cut out the the skin lotions and the the vaselines and all the stuff that you use on your skin is that you're using vaseline for your skin yes that's what i'm using it for um I get cutting that out, but no, please make yourself clean. Okay. This is just, this is, I'm begging you from chewing the fat and Jeff Fisher. Don't stop buying deodorant and using it and taking a shower. Don't stop using toilet paper unless you have, you know, an alternative that works better <laughs> than not using toilet paper. Please. I know times are tough. I got it. I understand completely, but please, please, you know, my economic indicator is still holding true, by the way. And I believe 
that uh, at times are getting a little bit tougher. And, you know, we need to, something needs to be done. You can quote me on that too. Something needs to be done. My economic uh, indicator, the Chewing the Fat Jeff Fisher economic indicator, is seeing cars broken down along the interstate. And I've been seeing more cars uh, broke down along the interstate. And why is that my economic indicator? Because I believe that people hold off getting their cars fixed because they don't have the money to get their cars fixed so more cars break down and then you're stuck with either spending a fortune and you can't barely drive by a repair shop without them charging you money for repairs uh you know you don't you don't just pull in nothing is a uh, you know a hundred bucks nothing is uh pulling in and uh, getting something taken care of for you know a couple hundred dollars everything everything it appears to me and my experience is I pull into a repair shop and it's automatically 1200 bucks. I mean, we're, that's the starting point, $1,200. You get a new tire. Maybe you get a new tire. I, I would get you one tire for $400. <laughs> oh, okay. Man, I, I do remember, sadly, as a, you know, I remember buying used tires forever when I didn't have any money. I don't think there's a place that sells them anymore. I don't think you can buy them anymore. If I had a crappy car and uh needed to keep changing tires at one point i had a crappy car and i mean i just lived on used tires i'd spend a couple bucks on used tires i always had one in my trunk always i changed tires in so many different places in st petersburg florida with the car that i had uh i mean i would just hop out change the tire and move on took me about 10 minutes tops hop out (laughs) change the tire move on on the way home i stop by the tire shop pick up another trade out the one that's flat and get another used tire i I did that for what seemed like an eternity on that uh, oldsmobile delta 88 that i had had a size i don't know 400 engine in it i love that car anyway uh, (laughs) uh, i made money on that car by the way i bought that car for 80 dollars i mean i paid 80 dollars for that car and I sold, I, I made $300 from the insurance company and then it was towed away. And, uh, you know, I never got anything from it, from that, but I, you know, you could make the case that I made money. I bought the car for $80 cause the guy sold it to me, uh, when I was working and I didn't have a car, I was walking back and forth to work and he said, Hey, I've got a car, uh, just, you know, you can, you know, you can buy it from me and I didn't have any money. I mean, I was working and making a paycheck each week. And I said, you know, I can, I can afford it. I'll give you 20 bucks a week until I, and I forget how much he was going to sell it to me for. It was, I don't know, maybe $500 or something like that. And I said, you know, I'll give you $20 a week. And I did, and I did that for a month and I had paid him $80 and he, (laughs) I paid him the fourth time and he was like, just come and get the car, Jeff. All right. My wife wants it gone out of the driveway so just come and get it it's yours yeah you don't have to pay me anymore either it's just yours come and get it and i did i loved that car and then it was hit uh as it was parked in front of a friend of mine's house and by a drunken white man sanford oliver pate and uh smashed the crap out of the back end of that car and, and i ruined the wheel on the front wheel anyway and i took it to the insurance company and the guy laughs at me and i was like what are you laughing at that's my car <laughs> and he goes well we could you could drive it home and i could send a tow truck to pick it up or you know and give you I'll give you uh like five hundred dollars or i can write you a check for three hundred dollars and you can drive this thing away from here right now 
I said, go ahead and write that $300 check because I drove that car for at least another year with that big smashed in uh, trunk and rear bumper. <laughs> I love that car. All that to say, please don't stop using deodorant, okay? And the economy, I mean, look, we're, companies are closing down. We had the story of the oldest craft brewery in the United States is shutting down after 127 years. Anchor Brewing uh, in San Francisco, they're closed, they're ceasing operations. Yeah, we're just liquidating, we're shutting it down. Yeah, we had, uh, we've been struggling for a variety of reasons, uh, changing consumer habits, uh, rising costs and lingering supply chain challenges. You know, another problem we had was uh, the Japanese beer company that bought the brand in 2017. Yeah, you know, they did some mismanagement things and they didn't really understand the whole craft beer business in the United States. And then they tried to rebrand us and <laughs> we just got away from who we were. And so instead of trying to get back to who we were, now nah, we just shut it down. Oh, okay. No problem. Don't worry about it. And then we have uh, farmer's insurance in Florida. They're pulling out. Now they're not closing down. I mean, insurance is worth way too much money for that. However, they don't want to pay any more money to uh, Floridians and Californians. I guess uh, the weather uh, with climate change is too much for them and they're, they're, they're spending too much money on insurance and people, uh, so we're just not going to insure people in Florida and California anymore. Oh, uh, okay. So people are just going to have to be without insurance? I thought you had to have insurance. Well, you kind of do, but you just can't have farmers because we're not going to insure you anymore in Florida and California. Okay, great. That is wonderful. I wonder who will insure us. Oh, it'll probably just be some government insurance program. Huh. That'll be great. It always is. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> so yesterday... Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the uh, behind-closed-door meeting that the Secret Service had with uh, some congressional outfit. The House Oversight Committee, I think. Uh, they said, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, we don't know who the baggie of cocaine belonged to. And we're never going to find out. Darn the luck. Man, I wish we... The investigation, uh, we just comes up. We came up dry. So sorry, I uh, wish we wish we could find out whose it was, but due to lack of physical evidence, <laughs> you know, we just can't know whose cocaine it was. Sure, there were cameras there. Sure, we have a list of people that came in and out of the White House, but we just we just can't. We, we look, we've we've conducted a methodical review of security systems and protocols, including backwards examination that spanned several days prior to the discovery of the substance and developed an index of several hundred individuals who may have accessed the area where the substance was found. But nothing. Uh, there's nothing. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, they issued a media release, the United States Secret Service, Department of Homeland Security. On the evening of July 2nd, officers found the U.S. Secret Service Uniform Division found an unknown substance inside the vestibule leading to the lobby area of the West Executive Avenue entrance to the White House. 
The substance was located inside a receptacle used to temporarily store electronic and personal devices prior to entering the West Wing. Following this discovery, safety closures were implemented. Blah, 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 blah. Testing was conducted. Yeah, it was cocaine. The substance and packaging underwent further forensic testing. The substance was analyzed for its chemical composition. The packaging was subjected to advanced fingerprint and DNA analysis. Both of the analysis were conducted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation Crime Laboratory, given their expertise in this area and the independence from the investigation. Right. While waiting, uh, while awaiting the FBI's results, the Secret Service investigation into how this item entered the White House continued. The investigation included, as I said, a methodical and uh, review of security systems and protocols. Then on July 12th, the Secret Service received the FBI's laboratory results, which did not develop latent fingerprints and insufficient DNA was present for the investigative uh, comparisons. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, I know that this, they, the FBI and their uh, independence from this investigation and, of course, their expertise in this area, I couldn't come up with anything. I mean, what about the cameras? Did we see somebody leaving something in that particular area? Well, there was no surveillance video footage found that provided investigative leads or any other means. <laughs> For investigators to identify who may have deposited the found substance in this area so i mean what are you gonna do we gotta close up shop it's over we don't know who it belongs to <laughs> come on does anyone believe that anyone at all raise your hand if you believe that tell me why you believe that well it's the government and our president and they wouldn't lie about something like that okay all right you keep telling yourself that are, are you kidding me? Come on. We're reading, we're reading license plates from space. We are, we've investigated people who walked in Washington, D.C., who live in uh, other countries that were there on January 6th. We know who was there, when they were there. We've actually tried them. But we can't find out who left something inside the White House. They all should be fired. That is embarrassing. Just embarrassing. And let alone, it probably belongs to the son of the President of the United States. But even if it doesn't, you know, I, I guess I would be better suited if they said, yeah, you know what, it belonged to this person and she was there and she put her phone into the box to the, where they store electronic and personal devices uh, before they went into the West Wing. And she accidentally, you know, threw her cocaine in there uh, instead of leaving it in her pocket. I, I guess I would believe that. Uh, you know, I, I'd be uh, all right. That's, you know, that's something. But, I mean, if, it, if, if there's nothing, then we have to believe that it belonged to Hunter, right? If they, if they found nothing or no one or there, there's no one taking uh, any fault for this crime of leaving an illegal substance in the White House, nobody's, nobody's being charged, nothing. We just have nothing. It was just there. It was just, uh, it showed up, but we don't know who it belongs to. Come on now. Uh, you all should be embarrassed. The Secret Service should be, they should quit because out of embarrassment. It's just, they should quit. I don't want anybody to lose their jobs, but if you're part of the U.S. Secret Service Uniform Division 
and you can't find whose cocaine this was in the White House, you should just quit. You don't know how to do your job. And will we find out maybe someday down the road that uh, they actually knew who it belonged to and didn't tell us? And so these other Secret Service officers went along because they were told they had to go along to get along. Well, I mean, we'll see if anyone quits uh, the Secret Service here in the next couple of weeks or the next month. And if that's the case, maybe those are the people that we need to talk to that would actually have information about this. But as of now, uh, don't kid yourself, it's over. Have a nice day. Uh, The Secret Service has closed its investigation into the cocaine discovered at the White House's West Wing. Uh, The investigation did not turn up any DNA evidence, any fingerprint evidence. There's no surveillance video of a possible suspect. So it's closed. It's over. Just, (laughs) uh, it is literally, literally unbelievable. Okay. Uh, (laughs) All right. I just, uh, I'm continually amazed. And that is something that amazes me, that I'm continually amazed. Hey, follow me on my social media accounts. Um, uh, Twitter is at JeffyJFR. Facebook, Instagram, and Threads is uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on uh, YouTube, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can order a cameo from me at JeffyJFR. That's not free, but uh, cameo charges money, and I get some of it. Uh, Cameo's my pimp, and so you just tell the pimp what you want, and then the hooker shows up and does it. (laughs) That's the way it works. Uh, You say, hey, Jeffy, I want you to be happy, mad, sad, glad, mad, mean. And uh, then uh, I show up and I do that and then I get paid. So that's what happens. That's how it works. (laughs) You can always email the show, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. Thank you for subscribing to Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it. Available wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to the show right now and you're not a subscriber, that means you're a freeloader. Nobody likes a freeloader. Okay. I know the podcast is free and everybody likes free stuff, but uh, nobody likes a freeloader. So get your own subscription on a platform that you prefer. Okay. Don't just be listening to your friends chewing the fat. And then once you become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, then there's uh, the main rule, obviously. Well, there's several. There's, you know, you have to rate and review if available. 20 stars, best podcast ever. And when you're uh, asked, hey, what are you listening to? Your answer has to be Chewing the Fat. It doesn't matter whether you're listening to Chewing the Fat or not. You have to say, oh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I know you're going to listen to other stuff. I get that. I listen to other stuff too. That's part of life. But when asked, hey, what are you listening to? Your answer has to be Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. That's just the way it is. I see, speaking of uh, uh, Twitter, I see where uh, Elon is uh, going to have another huge lawsuit against him. Uh, former employees are alleging that uh, they uh, had federal labor laws violated by refusing uh, to pay severance to this one particular employee and former colleagues that are entitled to. I thought he did actually pay some uh, severance and uh, and whatever. We'll see. It's it's a legal battle. $500 million lawsuit. (laughs) 
uh, it's got to be just hoping that Elon will settle. I, I, you know, I hope he doesn't, but the attorneys will probably say, hey, settle and it'll be, it'll be over. Like what's her face from Fox News? She sues and they settle and are happy with settling for $12 million. Elon, if you're looking for a way to spend 20, 30 million, uh, send it to me, Jeff Fisher. I'm happy. You know what? I, I'm suing you now. I'm going to sue you now. Uh, the only way I won't sue you is if you pay $20 million. Isn't that extortion? No. No, that is not extortion. Extortion would be if I said, hey, Elon, I'm going to tell someone something about you unless you pay me $20 million. I'm just saying that I will sue you if you don't give me $20 million. Completely different. Duh. Uh, also, I see where um, Meta's uh, new threads is now uh, adding new features. Uh, the edit button, the following. Uh, I mean, they're just turning it into Twitter. That is exactly what Twitter is. All the people that w- were working at Twitter are now working for Threads, creating the whole same thing. I mean, they uh, have, you know, what, over 100 million on the platform now. So we'll see if it lasts. I don't know that it will. It seems, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a good platform but you know maybe it is we'll see i i don't know i i I don't see instagram users using threads i you know i i it's a separate kind of thing in my head but i could be completely wrong and i saw where uh zuckerberg was photographed with two ufc fighters mark looked pretty good uh you know he looked pretty good although he didn't look you know as as uh as uh ripped as the UFC fighters. He looked pretty good for him. I mean, he was showing off because Zuck called him a cuck. (laughs) So just because you get your picture taken with two UFC fighters, that really doesn't change that. Sorry about it, Mark. So one of the big things on the actors and the writers strike is about the use of artificial intelligence in the industry. Now I know, uh, you know, Bill Gates, you know him, you love him. He believes that AI can be used to solve the problems it has created around producing biased and incorrect information. Large language models are trained on a vast amount of data collected from the internet that is mirrored in bias and misinformation. I'm optimistic that over time, AI models can be taught to distinguish fact from fiction. Uh huh. It's the problem is, is that who's facts and who's fiction? Huh. That's why a lot of artificial intelligence developers are eh, starting to receive a little backlash uh, from almost every direction based on the tactics they're using to train their respective products. And Google is facing a lawsuit that claims now it has been secretly stealing everything ever created and shared on the Internet in order to develop its deep mind AI, open AI, which created chat GPT. And I mean, that was I mean, that was a they had a lawsuit against them earlier this year. I don't know how that worked out. But then I saw where uh, the U.N. had a robot forum a little while ago now. Um uh, anyway, they uh, robots spoke and they said that uh, 
hey, um, you know, we're not going to take jobs away from humans. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. They're going to be providing assistance and support and will not be replacing any existing jobs. Really? Huh. That's weird because in the same story, it talks about how UN food aid deliveries by AI robots are going to begin next year. So that's good, right? Right. I mean, we've already had uh, another city, Jackson, Wyoming, uh, agreed in a closed vote last month to install 30 solar-powered license plate recognition cameras along their streets and traffic lights. I mean, we did that here in uh, this neck of the woods, and they've already shut it down. Uh, I mean, uh, who hasn't paid a ticket from a traffic light camera? (laughs) I was so pissed. Anyway, um, so the feeds into all the, the cameras go to a surveillance system, a centralized surveillance system, managed by a private company, Flock safety okay so the town is the first in the state of wyoming i mean wyoming is just has so many huge cities to install cameras in so council members agreed to measure uh, you know we're doing this eh, with reluctance uh-huh so uh the one council member said i don't like the particular arc of this particular part of history but you know what i'm gonna go ahead and vote for it anyway <laughs> oh okay so the cameras uh are part of the falcon line which sends instant alerts to law enforcement there are different models of the ai surveillance technology each armed uh named after birds raven uh, an audio device for detecting sounds of crime such as gunshots breaking glass sawing metal and screeching tires wing which combs through thousands of hours of footage for specific vehicle identifiers for police and condor which provides a live feed with zooming capabilities the model names match the company name flock safety which calls its ai powered mass surveillance system talon that's special so talon has stirred up uh, plenty of controversy uh, for its similarities to the technology and uh, science fiction realities portrayed by TV dramas like A Person of Interest and Black Mirror. Well, you know what's funny is I just got done watching a show called Class of 09. It's a miniseries on Hulu. I think FX produced it. Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, it was like eight or nine episodes. But it the description on IMDb, on IMDb says FBI agents who graduated from Quantico in 2009 are reunited following the death of a mutual friend. That really doesn't explain the show. Uh, it was really fascinating. Uh, the show goes from a past, present, future. And the future is 2034. At least that's where it ends. It ends in 2034. But they talk about the class of 09. So the past is 09 and before. And then the present is obviously now. And then, of course, we're in the future. and uh, ends in 2034. But what they're fighting about in the, in the present and the future is this surveillance system that they get, have developed. And it's a crime-fighting surveillance system where everyone in the U.S. is a suspect period and so they're stopping crime 
uh, before it starts. They know who's going to get the crime. They go through and they figure that everyone is a suspect. And then uh, the computer whittles it down to the uh, who it could quite possibly be. And then the human comes in and is able to say, oh yeah, it's probably that guy. Well, what happened was is that then they made it into where the humans were just agreeing with the computer. Yeah, the computer's right. And so in the end, I mean, I'm, it's a spoiler, so I, it's pretty new on Hulu. So, I mean, I usually don't care, but I'll give you a little break today. It's Friday, it's the 14th, so I'll give you a little break. I won't tell you how it ends, but I will say that it's more than just uh, this class of 2009 reuniting following the death of a mutual friend. So, I mean, I do reunite. Uh, following the death of a mutual friend but the show is more than that i enjoyed the the going to the past and the present and the future well worth a watch when you're thinking about nationwide ai mass surveillance <laughs> uh, no matter what they call it uh they could call it flock safety could call it talon or whatever bird they want to call it uh, they can do whatever they want. It's really, you know, I know the ACLU, uh, is, you know, that's Orwellian. Well, yeah, but it is for our safety. So, you know, there's, we've got that going for us and don't worry about it because it they're not going to take jobs from humans. Oh, did I mention that, uh, Chipotle is testing robots, uh, preparing their guacamole because they, robots can do it faster. And so the, usually it takes about 50 minutes for a batch of the Chipotle guacamole, but uh, and the work, uh, the restaurant industry has been struggling with a shrinking workforce, so we, we can use robots, right? They're not going to take the jobs of humans, though, but they will, and that's exactly what will happen. But hey, it's all for safety and the betterment of society, right? <laughs> Wow, so Dick Vitale, uh, Dickie V, uh, 84 years old now. He's a sports broadcaster, if you don't know who Dick Vitale is. Uh, he's a sports broadcaster, been calling basketball, college basketball, NBA basketball for, you know, years. He lives down in Florida. I used to see him from time to time. Big uh, Rays fan. I used to see him at the Trop. He has cancer again. The guy, this is the third time that he's had cancer. So he's got throat cancer, something with his, or I'm sorry, a vocal cord cancer that uh, he's got, he's going to undergo six weeks of radiation in lieu of surgery. If I could spit it out, six weeks of radiation in lieu of surgery. Very, I mean, it's sad, but it's uplifting. He uh, actually talked about uh, he, that he received bad news, but when I realize it is minor to what some face daily, I will fight to recover. His doctor, Dr. Zetels, I think, Z-E-I-T-E-L-S, acclaimed vocal cord surgeon, has informed uh, me, Dick, uh, my past issues on my vocal cords have returned two surgeries this summer. Uh, July 1st and July 11th. Wow, so he's smack dab in the middle of it now. 
Okay, so it looks like the surgeries were prior to giving the vocal cord cancer diagnosis. He talked about having the surgery back in June, almost a month ago uh, from now. If you're listening live, today is the 14th of July, 2023. But this latest post dated uh, the 12th of July. He talked about uh, getting... uh, getting the diagnosis and so he's had uh melanoma and lymphoma and he's saying that he kicked that and now he's going to kick this and i i certainly hope he does uh i mean nobody i don't wish cancer on anyone let alone vocal cord cancer i mean that's the whole thing with uh dickie v especially when he was getting ready to have uh surgery on his throat anyway because <laughs> he said he had to go quiet and there was no talking uh, for a couple of weeks before the surgery and then six to eight weeks after. Holy cow. And then he's got to get radiation. Man, I do not wish that on anyone. But, I mean, back in December, he was diagnosed, uh, you know, he was clear. So, okay. All right. I mean, Dickie, take care of yourself, bro. Please. Uh, who loves you, baby? It's one of his lines. I mean, at least he doesn't have Alzheimer's. Nobody wants that. I mean, <laughs> well, I'd rather have cancer than Alzheimer's. I think I would. I mean, I, I do. I, Alzheimer's, I don't want nothing to do with. You can't quote me on that. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has granted traditional approval to a new Alzheimer drug uh, known by the brand name Lequembe. Lequembe. It's uh, it's called uh, Lecanemab, L-E-C-A-N-E-M-A-B, and its uh, accelerated approval was issued earlier this year. It's a it's a drug targeting the underlying disease process. Okay, so Lecanemab is the first medication that's been shown to slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease, including declines in memory and thinking by targeting the disease's underlying biology. Okay, good. I'm all for that. Now they, you know, of course they always throw in there, oh, it's always been untreatable. We're just trying to advance through it. So does that mean that they're just going to create drugs now that make you survive with it? Because we don't want to get rid of it. That is not worth a lot of money. What is worth a lot of money is the drug makers making drugs to help you get through it. Huh. It's not the way it usually works. Anyway, uh, Lakembe. Uh, I guess it removes plaque that's already formed, but it also prevents plaque from forming. Researchers are already studying, studying whether this type of drug could be used to actually prevent Alzheimer's in the future. Okay, that would be great. Plus... We have uh, studies going on right now that talk about a kidney protein that gives your brain a boost. So I say shoot me up. (laughs) You want some kidney protein? Yes. Yes, I do. Uh, Clotho. K-L-O-T-H-O. I know it's the ancient Greek goddess. Got it. Of uh, fate, by the way. But uh, it's also uh, uh, an injection, uh, which is kidney protein it's called clotho and it improves working memory i've got to have that in a study 
published in the journal Nature Aging. I love the journal Nature Aging. I can't wait for it to arrive in my mailbox. Researchers at Yale and the University of California, San Francisco, found that a single injection of clotho, uh, I'm sorry, clotho protein, led to modest improvements in cognitive function in older monkeys and that the effects lasted for two weeks. So we now think that the protein represents a promising avenue for researching the rejuvenation of brain function in older adults. I say clotho me up, baby. <laughs> uh, oh, it, it actually makes your hair grow long, too. Okay, yeah, I got a haircut. <laughs> we know that cognitive decline, we see it every day in someone that rules a country uh, from aging is one of the most pressing biomedical concerns without truly effective medicines. So um, this discovery was done by accident uh, because uh, previous work about clotho uh, boosts cognition in mice and it became important to test this in the brain like ours so we wanted to move up to uh monkeys uh let's move up to humans too let's uh, let's take a let's take a protein shot of clotho <laughs> uh look if it's gonna help uh with your brain aging or really not aging what are you gonna say no <laughs> and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.